I'm Kyle Paletto, and welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in gaming. Each Sunday, I'll take you through the biggest updates, exciting reveals, and controversies in video games. Here's the news for Sunday, 10th of April. Let's go. Fans of early 2000s gaming cried out with joy this week as Remedy Entertainment announced it is working on remakes of the first two Max Payne games. The two games will be released as one combined package and is said to have the budget of a typical Remedy AAA title like Quantum Break and Control. Max Payne was originally developed by Remedy and published by Rockstar. Sam Hauser, founder of Rockstar Games, said in a statement that they were thrilled when Remedy approached them to remake the original two games, and Remedy CEO Tero Vitala said the series had a special place in the hearts of the team. Rockstar, who own the copyright and can probably spare some of that GTA 5 cash, are financing the project. There's no word on when the remake will hit the shelves, but we can confirm it's in the concept development stage and will be coming to PS5, Xbox Series S and X, and PC. Epic Games and the LEGO Group have revealed they are working on a new project for a kid's metaverse game. Metaverse, if you're not familiar, is a buzzy marketing word term for what pretty much already occurs in Epic's biggest game, Fortnite, where crossovers from every major franchise you can think of are part of one game. The focus, according to the companies, is safety, creating a creative, secure environment for kids to explore the metaverse. But if you followed the reporting on Roblox, which is the biggest title for kids' sandbox games, It'll be tricky to manage if you give players too much freedom. Roblox has devolved into a dark web-esque nightmare in parts with child inappropriate content and there is also alleged exploitation of young developers by others who use their game making skills and enthusiasm to make stacks of money. Either way, both Epic and the Lego group know how to make great kids products so I look forward to seeing what this shapes up to be. Sticking with Epic, this week the studio launched Unreal Engine 5, the next generation of its game development software. Gears of War developer The Coalition showed an in-engine tech demo with some really realistic looking beard graphics and lighting, so if you're into Grizzly Men and Aliens, that's something to look forward to there. And Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider franchise general manager Dallas Dickinson also revealed that a new Tomb Raider built in Unreal Engine 5 is in the works. Crystal Dynamics is proud to be a part of the launch of Unreal Engine 5. This new engine translates into next-level storytelling and gameplay experiences. And that's why we are thrilled to announce today that we have just started development of our next Tomb Raider game, powered by Unreal Engine 5. Our goal is to push the envelope of fidelity and to deliver the high-quality cinematic action-adventure experience that fans deserve from both Crystal Dynamics and the Tomb Raider franchise. We can't wait to take this journey together. CD Projekt revealed last week that the next Witcher game would be built in Unreal Engine 5 instead of their in-house Red Engine. This is all looking really good to me, and I'm super excited to see what these developers are able to create with this new and improved engine. In more great news for Australian developers Witchbeam Games, the team has won two awards at the 2022 BAFTA Game Awards for their title, Unpacking. The Indie Darling won the audience-voted EE Game of the Year Award and the award for Best Narrative. Here are developers Tim Dawson and Ren Breyer receiving the Best Narrative Award that they definitely did not expect to be winning. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, We didn't have a speech prepared for this one because, yeah... uh... We just want to 
just want to thank our, th we're a very small team, we came from Australia, it's just the two of us here, but we just want to thank everyone that worked on the game, uh, Jeff, uh, Angus, um, uh, come <laughs> on, like, help, who's help. worked on our team? <laughs> help me out here. <laughs> okay, um, Sanatan. Uh, yes. <laughs> Who else worked on our game? Uh, Joe, uh, jo yeah. Joe and Michelle. Joe, Michelle, uh, Stacy. Yeah. I'm sorry, all of you. Yes. Yeah. Please. Uh, thank you so much. And like, yeah, this is this yeah. is kind of amazing. It's it's incredible to have our you know little weird game recognized. Um, we're up against some really incredible titles. So. It's, uh, it's, it's nice that, you know, like we, we're not telling a complicated story in unpacking, but the way we tell it is, is different. And um, it's, it's nice to, to see that that's uh, appreciated, that that's something that, that resonates with people. We're so thankful it connected. <laughs> yeah. Melbourne's Beethoven and Dinosaur were also winners. They picked up Best Artistic Achievement for their honestly stunning-looking debut game, The Artful Escape. Returnal by House Mike picked up the most awards on the night with four BAFTAs for audio achievement, best game, music, and performer in a leading role for Jane Perry. Australian Gregory Loudon, who has been on our Lightmap podcast, is the narrative director on Returnal, so we'll claim that as another win for Aussies. You can listen to our interviews with Ren and Tim from Witchbeam on Unpacking and Johnny Galvatron from Beethoven and Dinosaur on The Artful Escape on our podcast Lightmap if you're keen to learn a little bit more about how those games were made. The major promise of NFTs in gaming and infinitely transferable digital content has been broken this week by one of the first blockchain-based games shutting down. According to reporting by Kotaku's Luke Plunkett, players of the licensed racing game F1 Delta Time were given just one day's notice before the game shut down as the developer Anamoka Brands was unable to secure an extension to the F1 license. The most expensive gaming NFT sold in all of 2019 was a jewel-encrusted F1 vehicle called the 111 in F1 Delta Time, which went for over $100,000. Players who in some cases shelled out hundreds of thousands of dollars in tokens tied to the game aren't able to take their existing in-game items anywhere. One player even spent around $300,000 on tokens tied to the game that are almost completely useless now. In a statement, the developer said that players who bought F1 Delta Time cars could swap their NFTs for in-game content in another game, Rev Racing, but it wouldn't be a like for like. As part of our commitment to an open ecosystem, we're providing F1 Delta Time asset owners with the following options. All F1 Delta Time car owners will receive replacement cars, which are equivalent cars for Rev Racing on Polygon, based on the rarity and the power of your original F1 Delta Time cars. As Plunkett says in the original piece, video games shut down all the time, and players who spend money in-game often end up with nothing at the end. But it's a bit different when the initial pitch is that these purchases are an investment. We've linked the original Kotaku article in the show notes where you can find heaps of Plunkett's reporting on NFT games. Popular Valorant streamer I Show Speed has been permanently banned from the game following a sexist rant against a female player on Wednesday. I won't repeat exactly what he said because it's the same old tired, cringy, sexist lines we've heard before that you can probably guess based on your own gaming experiences. After the rant, a viewer sent the clip to Valorant producer Sarah Dadafsha, who quickly responded saying iShow Speed was now permanently banned from all Riot games. Reporting from PC Gamer has highlighted a number of instances of alleged sexist and misogynistic behaviour from iShow Speed, and the YouTuber might face further consequences from the platform. 
This kind of sexist garbage has been a stain on the gaming community for over two decades now, and I'm so, so tired of it. But while it's upsetting that it's still happening, it's great to see some real-world consequences and accountability being dished out. Quality assurance workers at Activision Blizzard have been offered full-time ongoing work in a move that most analysts have said is a reaction to ongoing collective action at Raven Software. Representatives from the ABK Workers Alliance, the group pushing for full unionization, have confirmed that Activision Blizzard will be promoting 1,100 quality assurance testers across multiple studios from temporary to full-time employment and giving them a pay rise. Unfortunately, not everyone will be benefiting, as an Activision Blizzard spokesperson said that the full-time QA workers at subsidiary studio Raven Software, who are currently unionizing, won't be receiving the pay rise. The Activision Blizzard spokesperson was quick to explain that the unionizers would not be receiving the new pay initiatives due to legal obligations under the National Labor Relations Act, and that their choice to unionize had nothing to do with the decision. That statement has been questioned by labor organizers, who say this is exactly what companies do if they are worried about their staff organizing. Check the show notes for Jason Schreier's breakdown of the situation over at Bloomberg.com. That's it for news. Here are the games releasing this coming week. 2020's 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, is finally coming to Switch on Tuesday. This sci-fi adventure is a mix of side-scrolling narrative gameplay and real-time strategy and will translate really well to the portable Switch. The Telltale-esque hitchhiking adventure game Road 96 is making its console debut. The game has received positive reviews since its release on PC last year and will be available on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X on Thursday the 14th. And the Left 4 Dead spiritual successor Back 4 Blood, which is made by the original devs, will get its first major DLC this week. Tunnels of Terror introduces four-player co-op dungeons and new enemies to fight, as well as two new characters. You can pick that up on Tuesday, April 12. If you've got 15 minutes, we'll catch you up on the gaming news each Sunday on Walkthrough. And that's it for this week. This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Kyle Paletto. Thank you so much for listening. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Fiona Bartholomew, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is senior producer, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the Walkthrough theme tune. Thanks to Omni Studios for their support of Sifter. And if you'd like to support Sifter's independent gaming journalism, you can share our three shows, Lightmap, Mainstream, and Walkthrough with your friends or on social media, give us a five-star rating or review. It really does make a big difference and it's free. You can find Sifter on social media on Twitter and Instagram by going to at SifterHQ. We post links to all the stories we publish, so it's another way you can keep up to date with great reviews and interviews with creators. So find us on at SifterHQ and give us a follow. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday.